Okay. We are off and running, and I am grateful. Yes. So grateful. Thank you for joining me in the seven simple steps for interrupting the patterns of fear. One of my uh, favorite classes, and I haven't done it in quite a while, so how wonderful that we get to join together for it right now. And my intention is that everyone who listens will have a healing experience, including myself. And I'm grateful, grateful, grateful that we're joining together for this holy purpose. So I am inviting you to join with me and to move into prayer. So let's set this prayerful tone and open our heart and mind to the very highest possibility of love. We're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the unlimited, unprecedented power of love leading us and guiding us in each and every moment. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to divine insight, wisdom, and clarity. So grateful and so thankful to declare that we are willing, we are receptive, we are available to a healing experience. We are willing to let go of dragging the past with us. We're finding freedom in our heart and in our mind. We're finding freedom in our family, in our relationships, in our workplace. We're finding freedom in our body temple, in our emotional body. We are grateful and thankful to claim a dynamic, miraculous healing. In grace and in gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So once again, welcome to my seven simple steps for interrupting the patterns of fear. And I'm Jennifer Hadley, in case you don't know, in case you're new. And I'm so grateful that you're joining me right now. Whether um, you are familiar with me or not, this will be a powerful opportunity for you to really see how you can interrupt the patterns of fear. So... One of the things I love about joining together like this is we're literally transcending time and space for the purpose of our healing. And what I know is that we are constantly shifting and changing and that miraculous healing is always available to us, truly. And... We are all one, as you probably know, and we're all beings of love and light. And so we don't actually need to become more holy than we already are. That our journey, our human journey, is really to remember our holiness and to remember that we're already, already as holy as holy can be. So what we're doing is we're forgetting all the opinions and judgments, all the belief in lack and limitation, everything that we've made up along the way that's simply false. And so I love that some people say 
FEAR, F-E-A-R, stands for False Evidence Appearing Real. I, I think that's a really helpful reminder for us. And in this class today, you're going to really see how these seven simple steps, you can apply them. And one of the ways that I'm going to help you to do that is I'm going to do some live coaching. And so uh, I'm going to lay out the seven simple steps, and then we're going to see how it applies to different situations and with different people. Because for me, that's one of the best ways to really get something, is to understand how it applies in different situations and circumstances. And I always like it when we can be specific. Those specifics always help me to really get it and understand it, because this spiritual healing that we're engaging in is it's it's so dynamic and it's it's for everyone and sometimes we can get caught into this thought of well it's not really for me or we can get into a space where we're so intellectual with it that we're studying and studying but we're not applying and applying. And it is through the application that we have the healing. So the reason why this class is entitled Seven Simple Steps to Interrupt the Patterns of Fear is because in my own personal experience, it's the willingness to consistently interrupt the patterns of fear rather than to reinvest in them and to re-energize them and to re-experience them. So this interrupting the patterns has truly, completely changed my life because I used to really be a victim to fear. And I've seen this work help so many other people they learn it, they can get it, and then they just practice it. Practice it every day, again and again. It's like anything else. Uh, anything else that you would learn how to do, the more you practice it, the better you become at it. Until the patterns of fear literally dissolve. And so for me, I used to feel absolutely terrified, truly. For decades, I would become paralyzed by fear. And I have been a spiritual student for 30 years, okay? I'm 56 years old. I've been studying spirituality for 30 years. And for 20 of those years, I felt that, hey, I, I understand all the spiritual teachings. I get it. And I can teach it. I was teaching it. And yet, I wasn't really getting it in my heart the way I knew I could be getting it. It felt to me like there was a block, an impediment, and I knew it was in my mind. I felt like there was some key that I was missing that other people had that I couldn't find. And I I really felt like there was this spiritual mystery that I was not able to get clarity about. And so that spiritual mystery that I wasn't able to get clear about it made me feel like I was 
spiritually stupid. Because here I was studying and studying and studying, dedicating so much time and energy, hours a day, and yet I wasn't having the breakthroughs, the miracles, the healing that I knew was possible for me. A lot had changed. My life had definitely improved, but I could still experience crippling fear. I was still judging myself intensely. I was still having all kinds of difficulties in my relationships. And I was still finding myself being unloving. And so I was feeling like a spiritual failure. Like I just didn't really get it. And then I started to interrupt the patterns of fear and I began to have a new experience. Now, one of the things I can tell you is I really had a core belief that there was something wrong with me, something that was unfixable, literally unfixable. Like I felt like no matter what I did, I just couldn't seem to fix Whatever it was that was wrong with me, it felt so dark and so evil, so strong that it just could never be healed. And I didn't know how to heal it anyway. I really believed that about myself. I'd love to ask people, just by a show of hands, if you're listening on the phone, uh, on your keypad you can press star 2 if you have felt that way too, like there's something just bad or, or wrong with you. Uh, some people, they feel um, really unworthy. They feel that there is uh, even uh, a deep, deep darkness, like there is something um, evil about them. And I, I can remember feeling that too. So just, uh, I see some people are raising their hands. Start too, if you have felt that way, like there was something just evil, bad, or wrong about you. Just by, that raises your hand on my computer and then I can see. Uh, yeah, so we have a number of people who are have been like me, feeling that way. Thank you for taking the time to raise your hand. And you know, one of the things I know for me was as a spiritual student, I felt like uh, I couldn't admit it. I had to hide it. So I was always pretending that I felt better than I did. I was always pretending that I had more insight than I did, literally. And so I felt like a fake a lot of the time. I did. I felt like... um, if people really knew how much I self-medicated, if people really knew how angry I got or how much I focused on negativity or how judgmental I was, they wouldn't think I was spiritual. And so I kept a lot of it hidden. Anybody else do that? Start to to raise your hand if you've got that going on where you feel like you're kind of leading a secretly not-so-spiritual life and you're self-medicating a lot of the time and looking to escape a lot of the time. Maybe you have fits of anger and you're um, passive-aggressive with friends and family members, things like that. Start two on your keypad if you have any of that going on.
Yeah, we've got a bunch of people who are raising their hands. Thank you. So I I ask these questions and I share this because I don't feel that way anymore. And I don't have that same issue anymore. And uh, I don't feel bad or unfixable or wrong anymore. And I I don't have um, a struggle with self-medication anymore. And I am feeling more and more free every day, for which I'm so grateful. And so I'm my I'm my own guinea pig. And so what I'm sharing with you is what I learned to do, and it works. And so this thought that there was something wrong with me, something bad, something evil, was operating in every area of my life. Because you may have heard that expression. I think it's really true, and it's it goes like this. It's uh, it's the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So for me, everything was imbued with that sense of there's something wrong with me and I have this secret life of wrongness, <laughs> of badness. And so I was judging myself and that judgment, that self-judgment and the fear of being found out of what was really going on with me was operating all the time in my life. And it was in all my relationships, my family, with my friends, my boyfriends, um, all the different aspects of my life at work, everywhere I went, even in my spiritual community. It was always being mirrored back to me. This thought that there's something awful, unspeakably, unfixably wrong with me. So here's what happened for me. Whenever something didn't go the way I wanted it to go, I would go into this mindset of, you see, there's something wrong with me. I just don't get this stuff. I can't make it work. I can't figure it out. And and this is why I'll never be whatever. I'll never be happy. I'll never be successful. I'll never have the life I want. I'll never have the relationships I want. And so I would be in this cycle of then I would go into despair and fear and worry and doubt and shame and blame and regret and resentment and all these different patterns of fear. And so I found out, and I think this is really key to understand because it helps us be motivated and inspired to actually do the work that is profoundly healing. I found out that 99% of our spiritual healing work is interrupting these patterns and not allowing them to continue, not allowing them to run their course. And so interrupting these patterns is the thing that really heals our mind. So one of the things that helped me to understand this is you can think about our thought being like a flow of energy and you could think of it like a river, running in a river bed. So when we send energy in a direction, think of it like sending water across the earth. 
if you send a lot of water continuously across the same piece of land, it's going to cut a path and become a riverbed. And it's kind of like that's what happens in our mind, that we have this thought, I'm not good enough, something's wrong with me, I'm bad, I'm unfixable, whatever it is, I'm unworthy. And we keep energizing it, and it's like sending that water down that riverbed again and again and again, and it makes that pathway seem so real and so unchangeable. How are you going to change that river? It's just easier to go with the flow down that river. But if you're not interested in going where that river is flowing, that river of negativity, it's about changing the pattern by interrupting the pattern, getting off the river. So the analogy that I found most helpful is to think about it as a train, a train of thought, because that's often how it works, that we have a negative thought, that and, and the negative thoughts that we think are literally magnetized into our awareness by our belief system. And our belief system is patterns of thought. And most of those thoughts are not true. Beliefs aren't true. I think that's also very helpful to understand. Our beliefs are not true. Truth is true, and truth is not a belief. So there's a difference between the truth and our beliefs. So I believed something wrong, was wrong with me. It wasn't true, but it was my belief. And because I believed it, I was magnetizing into my awareness thoughts that were congruent with that belief. So I had the thought, there's something wrong with me. And then I would think, because there's something wrong with me, I'm going to have this challenge and that challenge. And because there's something wrong with me, I can't control my temper. Because there's something wrong with me, I'm passive-aggressive. Because there's something wrong with me, I isolate and self-medicate because it's like that. So it's like we have a foundational thought, and then we just keep adding bricks of a like thought and we build a whole wall of separation in our mind, brick by brick. And what I like to do is say, let's knock out the foundation and all the bricks will come tumbling down. So for every single one of us, that foundational thought of separation that the whole wall is built upon is really, I'm separate from God. I'm not good. I'm separate from goodness. I am separate from God. And so that thought is not true. And every thought and decision and belief we have that's predicated on the thought, I'm not good, I am separate from good, every single one of those thoughts is like the brick in the wall. And so going back to the analogy about the river of energy or the train of energy, we, we have this belief, I'm not good, and so we magnetize into our awareness thoughts that are congruent with that, thoughts that match that. And that gives us an opportunity to interrupt the pattern. 
Because every thought that shows up in our mind, we don't actually have to think it. There's actually a little gap between when the thought arrives in our awareness and we decide to think it. And when we decide to think it, we're getting on that train of thought. And so if the thought isn't true, we're getting on a pain train. And the tendency is to ride that pain train all the way to the end. And so what it is is we're finding ourselves believing these untruths and then we magnetize into our awareness a thought that's not true, like I believe I'm not good, so then I have the thought I'm bad, I'm wrong. Something's wrong with me. I'm deficient. And on and on and on. And then the more we think it, the more we experience it, the more we think it, the more we're looking for it. So we're looking for the evidence, false evidence appearing real. We're looking for the signs that match up our belief system. Now, what we can do is we can get off the pain train as soon as we notice we're in pain. We don't have to go all the way to the end of the line. But most of us don't realize we can get off the train because we don't know how. So that's what I'm going to give you today is the seven simple steps to get off of that train. And I would like to mention to you that if, if this appeals to you and if you're willing to really dedicate yourself to doing this, For a short period of time, a month or two, you will find out that you can literally change these patterns for the rest of your life. And that's the thing that I love helping people to do. And so uh, later in this class, I'm going to tell you about my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp. So if this appeals to you, you may be interested in my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp. So I'll be sure to tell you about that in case you'd like to continue to do this work with me and really work it. Because I have found that doing it like a boot camp, boy, it just makes it so much easier. When you do it with a group of people who are all doing it at the same time, it makes it even easier. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it's easy. It's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. It wasn't easy for me. I don't know anyone that has it easy when they're really shifting out of these fear patterns for good, for keepers. It, It requires great willingness, and it requires a certain level of dedication and devotion and commitment, and it can be done. And that's what I love helping people do. So it's your commitment to working it every day. And every day I find myself still moving into judgment and then pulling myself back. I don't I see the pain train pull into the station, but I don't get on it. I let it just move right on through. And that's the big change that I hold for you, that you can learn to do that too. So truly, my my role here is to inspire you by my own success. And so my 
my intention is to inspire you to be in that place of teaching only love, for that is what you are. So that's the teaching of A Course in Miracles that I love so much, that we're already perfect love, and that we've not been forgotten. And it's not forget forgotten in our heart and mind, no matter how far we seem to have gotten off the track, our perfection and our wholeness is still there for us, and we can claim it now. So I love being that two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of love for our freedom and for our love, our, our liberation, our lovingness. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the number one step. So you you may or may not want to write these down, and I'll review them uh, again, and we'll go through them with some live coaching. So. The number one step in interrupting the pattern of fear is to simply say these four words. Fear has no power. Because fear has no power. None. There's only one power in this universe, and that's the power of love, which is the power of God. So love is the only power. Love is what we are. We have the power. Fear has no power. Now what we can do is we can invest our power in false evidence appearing real. And then it can seem like fear has power because we have invested the power of God in the fearful thoughts. So in our human experience, if I believe that fear has power then it will seem to have power in my world. If I invest my intention, my attention, my awareness, which is how I invest my God power, in believing that fear has power, then it will seem to have power over my experience. It will seem that fear is crippling me. But fear can't do anything because it has no power. The only power there is, is my choice of where I place my attention. That's the power of love operating in my mind. So I have to invest my awareness in believing that fear is a power in order to experience it as being powerful. You know, um, when I was younger... Uh, I I was just talking about this with someone the other day, that I used to be terrified to be home alone at night. And even as an adult, uh, I used to be terrified well into uh, my late 20s, early 30s. I had this terror of being home alone at night. Now, when I was a kid, I used to have these experiences where I w- was scared that there was a monster in the bedroom, a monster in the closet, a monster under the bed, these kinds of things. And maybe you had that too. I, I used to fear like ghosts and evil spirits and things like that. And I literally would become completely overwhelmed and overcome by the the, the idea of a monster under the bed or in the closet. And so much so that I wouldn't have the courage to get up and turn on the light and see that ah, there's nothing there. It's just my imagination. So I would become so physically 
mentally, emotionally terrified when there was nothing to be frightened of. It was just my thought. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And we don't need to fear fear because it has no power. So we do the same thing as adults. We believe that fear is power and then it's it's uh, this feeling of being a victim comes over us. Now, the number one way to interrupt that fear feeling when it's coming on is to say, fear has no power. Fear has no power over me. Love is the only power there is. I am perfect love. I always have been and I always will be. My life is a life of love. That's the only power that there is. That's where I'm placing my attention. I'm keeping my attention on my intention to be a loving presence. Now, when I first learned to pray, my first real prayer was um, about fear. because, And I didn't know anything about praying. I remember this experience so well. I was... Uh, was, I don't know, 20-some years ago. And I can't even remember what I was afraid about, but I was just crippled by it. I just was overwhelmed by it, and it was horrible. And I didn't know what to do to get me out of the fear thing. And it came into my mind to pray. And I didn't know anything about prayer. But when I was a kid growing up, we would visit my grandparents, and they had this uh, picture on the wall that had a little kid uh, kneeling at the edge of the bed and saying, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And so I, um, and it was over the bed, you know, and um So that flashed into my mind. So I went into my bedroom and I knelt at the end of my bed and I put my head on the bed and I said to God, to my higher self, to the angels, to whatever was there (laughs) listening to me, I said, please help me. Help me now. And I said, I'll do whatever I'm guided to do, but I will not live in fear. I won't live this way. I won't. Help me now. And what I found was about an hour later, I had an idea. I had an insight. Course in Miracles calls it the echo in your mind. And so I knew what to do. And so I moved into that space. And what I realized was the fear was gone. So that was a life changer for me because I realized, okay, this prayer thing, this works. And so that's one of the many reasons why in my classes I teach people how to pray effectively because it works and prayer is so healing 
so healing. So that was my first experience with prayer, and that was my first real experience with interrupting the pattern of fear. So now one of the things here is the illusion that we have in our daily life is that we're afraid because of what's happening in the world. We're afraid of what we think could happen. We're afraid of what might not happen. We're afraid of what is happening. This is how we perceive it, and it's an illusion. So we don't feel fear because of what's happening in the world. What's happening in the world is because of our thoughts. So our thoughts of judgment, criticism, blame, shame, jealousy, revenge, regret, all of these negative thoughts, they're why we feel afraid. And they are why our situations and circumstances are frightening to us. It's because of our belief system. And so interrupting the patterns of fear moves you in that direction of healing fear at the root cause so you can stop experiencing it. Now, the tendency is for many people to start managing and coping with their fear and having a strategy uh, to eliminate fear by eliminating the circumstances that seem to produce fear. But, you know, it's like this, okay? Many people would like to lose some weight. Actually, they don't want to lose it because most things we lose, we hope to find again. So most people would like to get rid of some weight forever. They'd like to drop some pounds. And a lot of people would, even people that seem perfectly stunning in their physique, they still think, I could use to, to lose five pounds, so whatever. But a lot of people would like to drop some weight, so forever. And... So people will go on diets and exercise programs and things like that. However, many people will gain it back and gain even more. I've certainly had that experience myself. See, I I learn through everything I do. But when we change our mind, then we're healing the root cause. So this is why people who are sincerely interested in becoming fit and becoming healthier, they will recognize I have to work at an emotional and mental level to heal the root causes of this weight issue, this health issue, whatever it is. And so it's the same thing with interrupting the patterns of fear. We do our work at the level of the mind, which is where all healing takes place. And then it ripples outward into our emotional life and into our physical life. So that's why all my work is about working at the level of the mind so we can have a permanent healing. So my classes are never about behavior modification because that doesn't heal the root cause. 
And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I've known people who, for instance, were addicted to something and um, they were able to uh, be sober for a long time and then they lapsed back into addiction because they're still working at the level of the mind and healing at the level of the mind. And everything works together for our good. And when we focus entirely on working at the level of the mind, we can have much more effective, speedier healing. And those of you who are Course in Miracles students, you know that the Course tells us that all thought produces form at some level. There are no idle thoughts. And so when we interrupt the patterns of fear, we're interrupting the negative thoughts that produce the experiences we don't like. We're going back to that root cause. So this is why many people who practice this have miraculous healings in their relationships, in their finances, in their physical body, in all kinds of aspects and situations of their lives. So this is our first step to be able to Recognize fear has no power. The I am that I am is the only power. Love is the only power. It's like a monster under the bed. No matter how real it seems, it's still just a fabrication, a projection. So that can be difficult to really get on a heart level. We can get it on an intellectual level, but if we're still really struggling with fear, we haven't quite taken it into our heart. So by working the seven simple steps that I'm giving you and really working them, you will start to take it into your heart and have that heart shift, and that will change your life. So it's not about listening to this class and having uh, everything be different. It's about really following these seven steps over and over and over again on a daily basis. Whenever you notice you're irritated or frustrated, then you can interrupt the patterns of fear because that's what the uh, irritation and upset are. They're expressions of fear-based thinking, false thinking false evidence appearing real. When we're frustrated and irritated with situations, what's really going on is we've made up a story in our head and that story that we've made up about it is not true. And that's why we're upset. So I just have to change my handset here. All right. Battery ran out on that one. I'm going to take a sip of my water here. Okay, I'm going to get through a few more steps and then do some coaching here. So step number two is be grateful. Because as soon as we move into gratitude, we're lifting our vibration. We're no longer focused on what we don't want. Now we're focusing back into our loving heart. That's the power of gratitude. 
Gratitude literally multiplies the good. When we're grateful for what we have, it just brings more to us and more to us and more to us. So this is a wonderful way to interrupt the patterns of fear is I'm so grateful that I remembered fear has no power. I'm so grateful I remembered I can quickly and easily interrupt this pattern of fear to heal it back to its root cause so I never experience it again. I'm so grateful that I can transcend and transmute these patterns of fear. I'm so great grateful that I'm already perfect, whole, and complete. I'm so grateful that I have the insight and the clarity to recognize that I have the power of love operating in me. So we can just find so many things to be grateful for. And maybe it, when you start, it won't just roll off your tongue or your mind the way I just did, but you can just be, I, I'm grateful that I remembered to take a pause. I'm grateful that right now I have a glass of water. I'm grateful that right now my battery is charged. Uh, I'm grateful right now that the sky is so beautiful. We can find lots of things to be grateful for if we're willing. And so when we're gra- grateful, it lifts our vibration so we can feel and know and sense and hear more clearly the truth that sets us free. Now, it might seem crazy to go into gratitude when you're terrified, but I'm telling you, it will shift and interrupt that pattern. So if you can go right into that fear has no power, I'm grateful I remembered fear has no power. Love is the only power. Love is what I am. Then you've moved into gratitude, and now you're able to have more clarity And when we have more clarity, we can look for the loving choices. We can energize. I'm grateful that I remember to energize the highest and best choices, the most loving choices. I'm grateful that I remembered to call for divine guidance and inspiration from the higher Holy Spirit self. I'm so grateful I remembered to be prayerful. Help me now. You don't even have to believe that anything is happening. Really, if you just keep moving into that gratitude and affirming what I'm sharing here, that fear has no power, I am grateful, you'll be interrupting the pattern. You really will be, and you'll start to notice a difference in your life. So I'm hoping you can really get that you can train yourself to do this pretty quickly. Uh, you know, we <laughs> we have learned to do some complicated things, we human beings in the, the, the modern age. And um, I've joked that I've learned how to drive a car while eating my lunch, while talking on the phone, while putting on my makeup, while checking out the hot guy on the sidewalk. <laughs> Living in L.A., you know, it seems like you can be this supreme multitasker and do all these complicated things at once. So we learn to do that. We can learn to do these simple 
steps of interrupting the patterns of fear. And I, I think it's important to be really practical. And because I've had some really challenging experiences in my life, uh, times when I I really didn't know how I was going to pay my bills, times when I was choosing between uh, paying my phone bill or getting some food. Uh, I've had times when uh, I have had to ask people for money. I've had times when I I had so much debt I didn't know what to do. Uh, I had times when I felt completely hopeless and helpless. I've had times when I felt suicidal, and uh, I, I sat with my mother for uh, actually uh, for years while she was uh, slowly dying of cancer, and or so it seemed, and. Those were some really intense, challenging times. I've had uh, really intense emotional romantic challenges and betrayals in my spiritual community, betrayals with friends and all of that. Now I can see that those betrayals were helpful to me, and they weren't betrayals at all, not at all, that everything works together for my good. And because I can see that now, because of my spiritual practice and my willing to give up the judgment and to forgive, now when things happen that seem very challenging, I move right into, well, this can only be for my good. That's what I know. And I don't become afraid. And I usually don't even become worried even concern will not even be on the radar. Whereas other people in the same situation might go, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this? And I'm just like, well, everything's working together for my good and I know I'm divinely guided and supported. So I'm sure this will be interesting to see how this turns out. I'm excited. Something new, something even more expansive, even better is unfolding. And I've been able to really honestly, sincerely feel that in my heart at times when it seemed really challenging by the looks of things. And that is peace. That's harmony. And that is worth everything that you can put into interrupting these patterns of fear. Because what I'm sharing with you is what I did. And it's now it's my knee-jerk reaction. You know, fear has no power. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, for things just as they are because everything is working together for my good. How else could it be? And I mean it and I know it and I feel it. And honestly, when I started this practice, I never imagined that I could get here in this lifetime. But I decided to go for it anyway. Because I thought, what else am I going to do? Am I going to allow myself to feel afraid and live in a fearful, worried life? No. Honest to God, that's just horrible. I don't want to live that way. 
I do not want to live that way. Absolutely not living that way. So I threw down the the spiritual gauntlet. And you know what? Let me just say that one of the things that is critical to understand here from my perspective, from what I've learned, and I didn't get this from a book, I didn't get this from a workshop or a class that I took, I didn't get this from something somebody told me. I got it from my own life experience. Because I used to be one of these people, I would read all these books. I thought that was really important. I I wanted to go and hang out with every spiritual teacher. So I was always going on retreats and workshops and listening to classes. Uh, Just a whole smorgasbord of all the spiritual stuff, going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. And um, I invested many, many thousands of dollars and all of that. And then I reached a point where I realized, you know what, just doing these simple practices, that is what's going to, this is what's healing me. All those classes I took and all of that, you know, it was was definitely helpful. I met a lot of wonderful people who are still friends of mine, still prayer partners of mine. Uh, I had a prayer partner call this morning, a prayer partner that uh, I've I've two prayer partners. We were three of us on the call, and we have been prayer partners since 1997. So we pray every week together. So I have met the very best friends of my life in these classes, in these workshops. And I adore them. They're my my soul brothers and sisters, for sure. So no complaints about the journey, you know. But I really got this is not an intellectual journey. Even though all healing happens at the level of the mind, it doesn't happen because you read a book. Books are not healing. Gathering information is not healing. Information has never healed anybody. It's changing our mind that is healing. And books and information can trigger inspiration and guidance if we're willing. But we do not need books and information to trigger the healing. Our life experience will do it just fine. Now, some people really enjoy reading books and things like that. And I did enjoy a lot of that. But I realized that I was doing so much of it because I was coming from this place of I don't have what it takes. So I need to go find somebody that does and get them to tell me how to access it. So I was looking for somebody to either do it for me or to give me some kind of miracle key, code, crack the code, 
And what I've realized is just when it says in A Course in Miracles, your little willingness is all that's required. So the little willingness will open the door, and then if you're really willing, you'll move through that door and down the road and to the next door and the next door and the next door. So it's our willingness to interrupt the patterns of fear that is so profoundly healing. It really is. So what I moved into was this place of, you know what? I think the book that I'm looking for is written in my heart. And I believe A Course in Miracles is written in our heart. I believe that the the teachings of Jesus and Buddha and Krishna and Muhammad, all these teachings are written in our heart already. And that when we read the book, when we hear the class, when we're the two or more who are gathered with others, then it sparks what's already written inside of us. But it's our willingness that does it, not the book. And that has been a very valuable insight to me. So... The next step, number three, is what I call partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So it's recognizing we're not alone, we never have been alone, we never will be alone. It's not even possible. We're always in the company of angels. In A Course in Miracles, Jesus tells us, I am always with you. I am always with you. And he means it. So whether we care about Jesus as spiritual guide or teacher or master, that's unimportant. The fact is that we are never alone. There's always divine guidance and insight available to us live streaming all the time. That's why I believe that day when I knelt down at the foot of the bed and I asked for help, I got it right away because I truly believe that in the invisible field of love and in the angelic realm, in the ascended master realm, that the beings of love and light and wisdom, they're always there to guide us and to help us. And whether we believe or not, and we cannot receive it without the willingness. And when we ask for assistance, that's the demonstration of our willingness right there, just asking for assistance. And it's not begging. It's not beseeching. And what I have found is that higher self, you could call it the guardian angel. You can call it the I am presence. You can call it the Holy Spirit. That higher Holy Spirit self, has the answers to everything. It is our true nature. It is our true identity. So partnering up takes us out of that place of feeling alone and desperate, afraid, helpless. So, yeah, what Jesus says in A Course in Miracles is, he says, when I said I'm always with you, I meant it, literally. I'm not absent to anyone in any situation. 
because I am always with you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. I love that. I love that. Now, another thing is that it says in the course that I love, I'm going to take a sip of my water here. And this is in in tune with the step uh, number three, partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, is in Lesson 183 in A Course of Miracles workbook, it says, God's name cannot be heard without response, nor said without an echo in the mind that calls you to remember. Say God's name, and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand and spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. So when we recognize our oneness and union with God, and we do that when we call to the higher Holy Spirit self, then we're saying, I'm worthy of guidance. I'm worthy of insight. We we wouldn't ask for insight and guidance if we didn't feel we were worthy. You see how our willingness opens the door. So it's saying here, just call God's name. And the angels will surround the ground on which you stand and spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. When I read that, I just went, wow. So how do we call God's name? I don't think it's very complicated. I think we can just say, God. God, I'm calling your name. And for me, I like to say, I am that I am. That's how I like to call God's name. I don't think it matters what words we use. Course in Miracles tells us that words are but symbols of symbols. So the words don't matter. What matters is our willingness that we're not going alone. So every sense of fear that we have is because we're choosing thoughts of separation. So when we partner up, we're moving into unification, joining. We're saying, I'm willing to receive from the source. That I'm worthy of it. So, fear has no power. I am grateful. I partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to know the truth that sets me free. See how fast you can interrupt the patterns of fear? So those are the first three steps. Number four is to choose love. So, love is the only power that there is. Love is what we are. We are the power of love. So when we choose love, we're choosing to stand in our true identity. When we choose love, we're choosing to activate the power, the only power there is in this universe. And that choice for love is what breaks the pattern of fear because it's choosing separation that started the fear in the first place. So we choose love. We're not choosing separation anymore. 
we're choosing unification. So <laughs> it's it's funny, you know. Um, it's it's actually can feel impossible to choose love sometimes. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I've definitely felt that, where it feels like I am so upset, I'm so bothered, I'm so angry, I'm so resentful, I'm so hurt, I'm so sad, I just can't even choose love. You know, we we go into that mindset of screw them and... Uh, they, you know, I hope they die or I hope they're punished. And, you know, there's such an upset that we just feel like we can't choose love. So I have found that if we move through the fear has no power, I am grateful and we're partnering up, then we can choose love. It's pretty cool how quickly we can change our mindset if we are willing, if we're willing. Yeah, boy, you know, talking about this, I'm just reminded of how I used to be managing and coping with fear so much, and it just took so much of my energy, my time, my attention. I'm so grateful that I'm not doing that anymore. And that's why when I figured out these tools and tips that I teach in my Finding Freedom class, in my Masterful Living class, in all my classes, when I started to receive the divine guidance that gave me these tools that I now teach, and I put them into practice, I was amazed at how quickly things could change. Because I didn't believe change was possible before, but I was not willing to suffer anymore. I just had gotten to a point where I just couldn't stand it to suffer anymore. And that's how a lot of us are. We just have to get to that place of reaching bottom where we feel just so desperate, so afraid, so tired and exhausted that we're like, okay, I'm giving up. I have tried to work my will to make this life good, and it is not working. I seem to be incapable of making myself happy for more than a moment. And you know, one of the things I discovered is that many times when we are happy, it's actually because we went from a period of wanting, 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 needing, wanting, craving, needing, wanting, craving, craving, to having an experience of believing that we have what we want. Oh, I really, really wanted to go on a special vacation, and I'm on my vacation, so now I'm happy. I have what I want. But the happiness is not actually from being on the vacation. The happiness is from not wanting something anymore and thinking that I have it. So we can actually move into the place of having it because it's pre-installed. Our heart's desire and the fulfillment of it and how to get there, it's all pre-installed. And if we're willing, we will 
find it, experience it, we'll get there, and we can share with others. So the way that we do that is by making a new choice, the choice for love. So that's why this step number four is to choose love. We've already been chosen by love. Now we can return the favor and choose love right back. So we begin to look for the most loving choices. And you see, when we've been practicing the gratitude and the partnering up, then our mind, our awareness is more open and available to the insight and the guidance. And so it's flowing to us. So fear is no power over me. I'm grateful that there's only one power. And then we're calling upon that power in partnering up with the I Am Presence, the higher Holy Spirit self, and then we're looking for that loving choice. We're looking for the loving, loving choice. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, step number five. When the feelings are really upsetting, be willing to feel the feelings. That's number five. Be willing to feel the feelings. So for me, when I would become afraid, I would jump right into trying to escape. Can't stand it. Got to get out of here. So I got to get out of here by drinking, smoking. Uh, those were my favorite forms of self-medication, watching TV, uh, talking with friends endlessly, chattering away, finding some way to escape, working out, exercising. i got to get out of here. i got to get out of here. Can't stand it. But that's not healing. Running away isn't healing. What's healing is to feel the feelings and find out what they're about. Mm-hmm. So what, what is, we, when we're feeling the fear, it will transform. It will transmute if we're willing to feel it. And to not go into the same old pattern of running from it. So when we say fear has no power, we're interrupting the pattern. When we choose gratitude, we're interrupting the pattern. Because otherwise, we would say, the fear has power. I'm not grateful. I hate this. I hate this, was how I used to do it. And then instead of partnering up, I would go into complaining. I would go into making whatever it was I was afraid about so real. That's not interrupting the pattern. That's keeping it going. That's making it so, so real. I used to go into gathering evidence and building a case for my problems and how big they were and how terrifying they were and ruminating on it and feeling helpless and hopeless. So when we start looking for the most loving choices, we're again interrupting the pattern because when we're afraid that the thing is to look for the most logical choices, But logic is not healing. 
it seems like it can be helpful, but it's far more helpful to open our mind to divine insight and wisdom. And when we choose gratitude and love, then we're raising our vibration to be available, to be a vibrational match for the guidance that we desire. You know, um, one of the things that I think is is helpful for us is to recognize that there's this attachment to our beliefs, to the meaning that we've made of things and the interpretation that we have of situations, circumstances, events, or the interpretations we have of just who and what we are. And we so we cling to those. And that can really get in our way. Those are the patterns of thought and belief. Those are those bricks in the wall of separation. So being willing to think a new thought can be so helpful. It's literally like moving out of the old house into a new house. And being consistent in interrupting these patterns is profoundly helpful. It really is. And... So, number five, again, is feel the feelings. Because when you feel the feelings, after you have said fear has no power and been grateful and partnered up and chosen love, then you feel the feelings. And you can ask, what's this for? So then you can get something that's useful. What, oh, all things are lessons God would have me learn. So what am I learning here? How is this helpful to me? How is this something wonderful unfolding? You can see how that would be so much more helpful than to going into denial and self-medication and escaping. Because those things only increase the fear. I used to go into, I've talked a lot about this, I used to go into self-medication and uh, making the fear real, and then I would have some kind of a hangover, definitely emotional hangover, mental hangover, and sometimes physical hangover from being so afraid, being so desperate that I would go and uh, self-medicate with alcohol and cigarettes and food and and TV and all kinds of things that would leave me feeling more hopeless, more stupid, more inept. So interrupting the patterns of fear, so helpful because we begin to feel empowered and then we really are shifting <clears throat> those patterns forever. So we're asking, what's this upset for? How is it helpful to me? What's this sadness for? What's the feeling of hurt for? Now, we don't have to assume that we know the answer. It will be given to us because we've partnered up, because we're raising our vibration into the realm where we can receive and perceive the guidance. So this this is such a wonderful way to shift the pattern is to be willing to feel the fear. You know, and if you really need to or want to, you can always go eat that gallon of ice cream later, you know, or drink that bottle of wine later. 
But first, give yourself an opportunity to interrupt the pattern and to feel the fear. And you can say to yourself, these feelings are going to help me get clarity. I can learn from them when I hold the hand of the Holy Spirit and look at them from that place of union and oneness. So feeling the feelings, one of the things too is the energy will move through. You won't be stuck in it. There's the fear of being stuck on it. I know so well. I used to be so afraid of being stuck in the fear. That's why I would run from it. But when I realized, you know what, let me just feel these feelings here and see how they can be helpful to me, because they are, actually. And this is the, one of the things that Jesus talks about in A Course in Miracles in the fear and conflict section. He says, if you didn't feel fear as a result of your choosing thoughts of separation, how would you know you're choosing thoughts of separation? You wouldn't know. You wouldn't be motivated to correct. So it's the pain that pushes us to do something different, to make a new choice, to interrupt the patterns of fear. I call the upset the divine alarm clock. And uh, we do a lot of work with these tools in my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class, which I'm going to tell you about in a little bit. So I'm almost through here, the um, seven simple steps, and then I'm going to do some coaching. So number six is um, very simple, but sometimes it can feel like the most challenging one. And it's surrender the attachments. So attachments come in two flavors, if you will, uh, cravings and aversions. So when we have an attachment that's a craving, it's I want it, I need it, I have to have it, I've got to have it. When it's a craving that's an aversion, it's I can't stand it, I hate it, I don't like it. So whenever we feel any of these feelings, we have an attachment. Whenever there's upset, even the slightest irritation, there is some mental attachment. So surrendering the attachments will eliminate the root cause of fear. All attachments are about the meaning that I made of things. And forgiveness is releasing the meaning that I made of it. So we train ourselves to let go of our interpretation of things. We train ourselves to let go of the meaning we made of it because that meaning that we've made that's false, our interpretation, the story we've made up, is what tethers us to a world of density, a world of pain and suffering. So in order to see beyond time and space and density, and to actually know what things are for, we have to let go of the meaning we've made of them. We have to let go of our interpretations, our opinions, and our judgments to be able to know the truth that sets us free. And so we surrender the attachments. All attachments cause suffering. So 
you can, if you notice there's an attachment, you notice there's a feeling of upset, you can say, you go through the seven simple steps, and when you get to number six, I'm surrendering all attachments to this thought, to this feeling, to this belief, to whatever it is. I'd rather be free. I'd rather be free. That's why my class is called Finding Freedom. Is these practices allow us to experience and to find freedom. All right. So number seven. Here we are. We're finally at number seven. Share the benefits with everyone because you're one with them. So share the benefits of your healing and your expansion and your clarity. Share the benefits of your willingness to interrupt the patterns of fear with everyone because you're one with them. Oneness in our awareness is our ultimate healing. This is what we're going for, is remembering that we're one with everyone and everything. So we practice trusting. We practice moving through these steps, sharing the benefits with everyone. Because the more we share the benefits with everyone, the more we're recognizing the oneness. And so we're practicing placing our trust in faith, in spirit, and to have a real and strong and powerful faith. And that faith will be exactly what I was saying when difficult challenges come, I'm like, well, this has got to be working together for my good. I'm excited to see how this is going to turn out. And I mean it. And that's because I have faith. And I have faith because I placed my trust in the invisible, in spirit. All right. So now I would love to to do some some counseling here. Uh, so that's really what I do is counseling, not coaching. Not that there's anything wrong with coaching, but uh, I'm, I'm a spiritual counselor. So I am going to uh, see who has got something that they're feeling uh, frightened about, uh, uh, maybe a recurring fear that keeps coming up, and how can I help you to better understand how to interrupt the patterns of fear. So if you're on the phone, press star 2 to raise your hand if you're on the phone. Let's see here. All right. We have someone in Philadelphia raising their hand. So I'm going to unmute you here. This is Cheryl. Yeah, that's me. Hey, Cheryl. Hi, Jennifer. Okay, so <clears throat> I have been so, my my mind has been so tied up in this whole political campaign season, mm. and I have been spending way too much time on Facebook, like sending out Bernie Sanders messages and all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I have been so, I just wake up afraid sometimes of um, what might happen if, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, and, and you know, like, I know that 
the more that I read this stuff and the more that I get into all the stuff that everybody's saying, the worse that I feel. But mm-hmm. I kind of can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, okay. So, you know, um, I'll just share with you that at the uh, prior to the last election, uh, I had two folks in my class. And um, they were in the same class. And one of them was calling me and saying, oh, my God, if Obama wins, I mean, if Obama doesn't win, I'm just terrified. If Obama doesn't win, I just, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just going to be a nightmare for us here in this country if Obama doesn't win. I'm so terrified he might lose that I can hardly sleep. I'm just, I'm really panicking on a regular basis. I'm so frightened. What if Obama doesn't win? And then the other students calling me and saying, I am so freaked out that if Obama wins, it'll be devastating for the children of this country, and we'll never recover from it. We just can't have another four years. It's just, if Obama wins, I just, I just think it's going to be such a, a horror story for the children of the United States, and I, I don't know what to do. I'm so terrified. What if Obama wins again? Two people in the same class, they're really having the same fear, and the fear is that these circumstances and situations in our life are that they have power over us and our happiness. We've given our power away to the situations and circumstances. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. So what do you know specifically what is the fear that you have? Uh, <laughs> I, I fear for the whole country. I fear that the United States is not a democratic nation anymore and all these, you know, awful things are happening and, you know, we the people have no voice and we're being run by a bunch of greedy corporate, you know, puppets. That's kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so... And, of course, it's going to come back on me. It's going to ruin my life. You know, I mean... I feel like, you know, like my life will be affected. Right. Um, So when you're thinking those thoughts, where's the power? um, It's in the corporations. Yeah. And the power is in the world. Yes. And, but the only power there is is love. And so you're putting your faith in the situations and circumstances of the world. Yes. Yeah. And that's the whole reason for the fear, is you're making it so real. And I get that it seems completely real. Um, Is your life, is your life more miserable now because of the the president? Uh, 
Um, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, see, that's the thing is it's our our life becomes miserable because of how we think about the president, because how we think about the corporations, that's what makes us miserable. It's it's really not the situations and circumstances. It's how we hold them in our mind that makes us miserable. Because when we hold things in our mind that things are bad and wrong and they shouldn't be happening, then it just attracts more and more of that kind of thing. But when we say all things are working together for my good and we're invoking light and we're focused on how we can be a loving presence in the world, then we're going to be bringing real, true benefit into the world. So what I hear you saying, and it's totally understandable, I used to do the same thing myself, and it's like you're fighting the negativity versus energizing the positivity. Mm-hmm. And it's energizing the love and choosing the love that's healing. Only choosing love is healing because love is what we are. So when we choose love, we're choosing healing. So in this world, love is the only healer that we have. So when we're choosing to um, react to things fearfully, we're not choosing healing. hmm I mean, it's great to love Bernie Sanders and to think he'd be a wonderful president. And is he the best president for us? How would we know? It's totally subjective. So rather than really focus on if Bernie doesn't win, things like that, keep praying and knowing that we are going to have the most loving and successful and productive and helpful president. That's the thing to energize. Even if I don't believe it? I mean, are you saying, like, to kind of pray for that? Or to, yes. or to pray for say, that. Or just say it? Like, Well, here's the thing is, if you don't believe it, I'm so glad you asked that, Because if you don't believe it and you're affirming something that you don't believe, what it's really going to do is it's going to trigger your unbelief. So you think, you you could say, you know, I know that no matter who wins, we're going to have the very best president. And then the, the ego mind will go, that's crazy. That doesn't even make any sense. How could that be? No. I mean, imagine if this one wins or that one wins, then it'll be hell in a handbasket time. So only my candidate is the only saving grace that there is. And so then you see how we're on the pain train. So affirming something that we don't believe is not helpful to us. So what you can do is you can say, I am willing to believe that all things are working together for our good and that the best candidate will win this election. In the very 
um, uh, in 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 God's plan. Yes. In the, yes. Yeah. You know, because here's the thing too: is in our human experience, we learn through contrast. Contrast is the very best teacher. That's why we came here and incarnated in this world, because it's the world of contrast. And so we learn, oh, when I make these choices, it's painful. And when I make these choices, it's joyful. That's how you learn. You learn through contrast. So you can think of it like a pendulum swinging. You have George W. Bush and then you have Obama. You know, it's like, you know, they're very different, very different people. Pendulum swinging, pendulum swinging. So... The thing is for us to move to a place where the, the pendulum isn't swinging very much anymore. We're just all focused in love. And sometimes when there is someone who is uh, an aggressively um, fear-mongering, that can bring out the people who believe in love so strongly so, for instance, during the most recent Gulf War, I um, was uh, doing a lot of peace demonstrations and things like that, and uh, very involved in that. And we had more peace demonstrations and larger peace demonstrations around the world than the world had ever seen. And it, it happened because of a war. So on a certain level, so many people were brought into a place of moving into their loving heart and taking action because they said, I've had enough. So sometimes the pain pushes us to finally take loving action. So Did you you do that before your... I mean, change in awareness of things or before the, you studied the course? I would say it was while it was happening. Okay. While it, yeah. And um, one of the things I realized in hanging out with a lot of peace activists is a lot of them weren't very peaceful. No. And that's why they were so drawn to peace in the world. So they were healing their own mind while working for world peace. So, I mean, is it possible, I mean, of course it's possible, I mean, to participate in this type of thing in some way and still maintain, um, you know, the choice for love while you're doing it. Absolutely. And that's what the experience is for. Mm -hmm. Everything is for something. You know, it's for our benefit. And if we, in fact, you know, one of my favorite and most quoted parts of A Course of Miracles is from Lesson 135 where it says, what could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? What could you not accept? 
you see. And so when we're afraid, it's because we're in judgment. And, you know, another favorite prayer from A Course in Miracles, it's called the, it's the My Purpose Prayer, where it says, I am here only to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent God who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because God who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever God wishes, knowing God goes there with me. I will be healed as I let God teach me to heal. So we, when we have these experiences like you're having, this gives us the impetus and the opportunity to say, wait a minute, I'm going to be truly helpful. And the only way to be truly helpful is to be truly loving. the only way so yes work for Bernie Sanders and enjoy and appreciate Bernie Sanders and hold the highest and best thoughts about him and for him and for the American people knowing that everything is working together for our good and that no matter what happens only good can come from it. Is that helpful? I mean, as you're saying, it, it feels very helpful. And if I can maintain that, yes. I mean, yeah, I would so, like to be able to do that. Yeah, so that's the, the thing is to... Um, Use those seven simple steps when you're starting to feel upset. Because whenever we're upset, it's because it's fear. Yes. And it doesn't matter whether it's uh, blame or regret or resentment or shame or guilt or hurt or fear or worry. Resentment, it's always some form of fear expressing. So you can interrupt those patterns. And then you're really being helpful because mm-hmm. all minds are joined. So when anyone does the work in their mind, it benefits everyone. Yes. I, 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 I believe that. So um, I think I'll write down your seven steps um, into my phone. I'll carry it around with me. There so you I'll go. Right there with me. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then it just becomes second nature. It's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm going to do another. Um, uh, we've got, it says George here in Florida raising their hand. So I'm unmuting you. Hey there. George? Maybe you're self-muted. I'm not hearing you. Okay, I'm going to move to the next person. Uh, I think it's Melissa. Hey there. Melissa in Maryland? Um, 
Phone number ending in 4203. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hello? Oh, there you are. Hi, Hi Jess. I was, it's funny, Melissa's coming up. That's not the name, but we'll take that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, hi. Um, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for taking my call. So what I'm wrestling with um, is a series of uh, long-standing traumas that have been going on uh, in the family situation and um, a divorce and a young child and all these money games. And, you know, the whole story, it's the same story I'm sure many people have. And now I'm at the stage of... Um, it's all security issues, needing homes, needing cars, needing all these things to be taken care of. And things seem like they're opening up and then it reverses on me. And I'm finding it so difficult to stay solid (laughs) and stay knowing that things work out for good because it doesn't seem like that's happening, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Although many wonderful things are happening, there mm-hmm. there there are still uh, like home needing a home and needing a car and just fundamental security issues that are. And then I have a young child who's rattled by it all as well. So um, mine is how to continue to hang on when you're just so worn out (laughs) and feeling like there's nothing that I do that seems to open it up or stop the madness, I guess. I don't know how to verbalize it, but. Okay. So one thing that I've learned is that these things happen in our experience in order to teach us to be disciplined at the level of the mind and not to give in to being triggered by the circumstances. So, honestly, everyone I know, everyone, and I have worked with, you know, I I don't even know how many hundreds or, you know, more than a thousand students, I, where we're really doing this individual work and what I have seen is every single one of us has the perfect curriculum that will basically kick us in the butt to or or throw us to the ground so that we are like, okay, I'm not doing that old way anymore. Now I have enough motivation to look for inspiration and live from inspiration instead of from my opinions and judgments and the meaning I've made of things and my interpretations. So I went through a a point in my life where it felt like I was being betrayed on almost every level. One of my best friends, my sweetheart, my mother got cancer, uh, my stuff in my spiritual community, I got fired from my job, this like... I, I, everything I had everything except for physical illness. It felt like you know, mm. I just mm-hmm. like everywhere I turned, the the fit was hitting the shan. You know, it was just like unbelievable, and I realized, okay, this is where I say enough. Now 
I am going to put all my effort into knowing the truth that sets me free. I'm going to focus on my spiritual practice. I'm going to be disciplined in my mind. I'm going to stop giving myself excuses. I'm going to stop, so you know, just all the ways of escaping and running. I'm going to focus on interrupting these patterns of fear. And that just changed everything for me. Yes. Did it and did I, it take a while did it take a while to change? Because what I'm which is what I'm wondering yes, is where these reversals are because I feel that I have cut off all these avenues of ways that I would numb out or avoid or whatever it was that I've done and and um you know, been more disciplined. Obviously, there's more that I feel that I can do over the course. But this has been going on for years and years. And the exhaustion is is phenomenal. And and now I'm at this place of I now have like 30 days to find a home. You know? <laughs> and yeah, fear is exhausting. Yeah. It is. It's exhausting. It's very debilitating. And I'm I'm telling you, if you will practice these simple steps on a daily basis, again and again and again and again and again and again and again throughout the day, building your willingness, you'll be amazed at how things will change. Because mm-hmm. we've got to get off the pain train because our thoughts are so creative and powerful. Yes. And so... Interrupting the patterns interrupts all attracting and magnetizing what we don't want into our life. Right. So, so how do you? So, okay. So that that is good, and I and I I do pretty well with that. And then uh, the ex who terrorizes me is is comes into my life on a regular basis, and I'm thrown back off, and I don't. It's very hard. I'm finding it very challenging to rebalance and get back on so it's it's very challenging (laughs) and and i and i you know uh, so i i know that it's right that we magnetize these things but at the same time there are other people and events like we can't control so yeah how how do we how do we how do we get out of the energetic whatever it is that we're in that keeps letting us be terrorized you know what i mean when you're when you're in that space of partnering up, so you're going through the stages and you get to the partnering up, hand over trying to control, manage, and manipulate things. Hand it over. Be willing to be led and guided. And, you know, it, it, there, there is a period where we learn to trust in order to build the faith. But, you see... We're all because like attracts like. If we're vibrating with fear and worry yeah. and doubt and shame and blame and regret and resentment, then we're going to magnetically attract things of a like vibration mm-hmm. and people of a like vibration and situations yeah. and experiences that will literally push us to say enough already. And that's why it's so exhausting is where where our our higher self is literally setting up all these situations to get us to go, okay, apparently 
I don't working my will in this world is not how it's going to it's going to be I'm going to be successful. So mm-hmm. one of the my favorite lessons in a course in miracles is simply I don't know what anything is for. I'm detaching right. from the meaning I've made of it. I'm detaching from believing I know what things are for. I'm detaching from my interpretation of it. Because it's uh, the meaning that we make of things and our interpretation of situations, events, and circumstances that produces all that fear. Because our interpretations, our meanings, our judgments, our opinions, our interpretations and meanings and judgments are all blame and shame and regret and resentment and hurt and sadness and guilt and all those things. And it just attracts more of the uh-huh. same. Uh-huh. So when we say, I don't know what anything is for, I'm going to take my hands off the wheel because I don't know where I'm going. And how could I know where I'm going when I'm driving looking in the rear view mirror? Uh-huh. I'm looking at the past and I'm move, trying to move forward. Now just imagine that you're driving in a car, literally, because it helps to sometimes have these um, visual Uh, expressions of it imagine that you're driving in a car moving forward but you're only looking in the rear view mirror how fast would you want to go (laughs) not very fast would you Uh it would feel very unsafe to be moving forward looking in the rear view mirror But that's how many people who are caught up in fear are proceeding. They're only focused on the past, and they're trying to move forward, and they keep bumping into things and feeling unsuccessful and falling down and getting hurt. So we've got to really say, okay, I don't know what anything is for, And that takes us from looking in the past to being present in the moment now. So I say, I don't know what anything is for, but I'd like to. So it's these simple things. They seem so simple. How can they work? But I have worked with so many people who have transformed their lives using these tools. Yes. It works. Okay. It's amazing. Okay, so the, so when I come up against what, so when things seem like they're opening up and it's beginning to change, and then bang, it starts to reverse. My thing to do at that point is to say, I don't know what this is for, yeah. <laughs> but I know I don't know what anything out. is for, but I'd like to. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll try. And, and I'm willing to, you know, and the other things, I'm willing to choose love. I'm willing to be grateful yeah. for the good that's that's coming. I'm calling it forth. I'm magnetizing it to me. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that I'm partnered up with the Holy Spirit. I can put the higher self in charge. I don't have to be in charge. Because the higher yeah. self knows what everything is for. One of the traps we fall into is trying to understand things and trying to figure things yeah. out. And when we're doing that, we're identified with the small, selfish self, the ego self that does not know. That's why it's trying to figure things out and to understand things. The higher self already knows. 
already understands. So why struggle trying to figure things out and to understand them when we can partner up with the one who knows? Right, and actually I guess we don't even need to know. We just need to... Yeah, we work on a need-to-know basis. Right. (laughs) Go here, go there. We'll find out why when we get there. So that's the building of the trust and the faith. Okay. So, and one more question would be, in the state of exhaustion, how do you hear clearly where you're supposed to go? Your willingness. That's that's something I feel like I've lost. I used to have a very strong sense of that. And at this moment, I feel I don't have any sense of anything, of knowing what I'm supposed to do anymore, because I feel like it's all been wrong. Right. So So that's it. Trade your judgments, which are the false sense of knowing, for the true sense of knowing. I don't know what anything is for. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah. Bless. All right. So I would like to do as I promised and tell you about my Finding Freedom class. So my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class. And you know what? I, 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 I'll tell you that uh, it's we're starting next week and uh this class is it's a gateway it's a gateway for changing your life and it is a gateway for opening up all kinds of healing and prosperity and uh <laughs> One of the things, I, I would like to tell you some details about it, but um, when I did the Seven Simple Steps class last year, there, uh, there was someone in the class who had just started Finding Freedom and was doing it for maybe a month or so, six weeks I think it was. And um, you have three months to do the class and you get all these different things as part of the class, which I'll explain in just a few minutes here. But I would like to play for you um the recording of what she shared last year it's a few minutes here and i was interviewing her about her experience because um she's a lot like the folks who are just asking these questions and um i think you can really relate to her experience so uh i'm going to play this little clip here i have of christy so here we are I'd like for you to meet Christy, who's currently taking Finding Freedom. She just started in June, so she's in the middle of her 90-day experience. But I'd like you to hear from someone who's really applying these tools, someone who's like you and who's doing the work and seeing the results. So, um, Christy, I think this is you raising your hand here. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks. So thank you for being willing to share something about your experience. So let me ask you a couple of questions. When yeah. you when you started Finding Freedom, what is it you really hoped to get out of the class? How were you feeling? I was just bottomed out. I felt numb. I, I almost felt like... Um, I needed someone to just tell me what to do every single day. I, I I really just needed a step-by-step guide that made it simple because I tend to overanalyze. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. See, like attracts like. <laughs> no, really. I used to overly analyze everything, and and then I I just would be crippled by it. Yes, I felt paralyzed. I was in a state of depression. I felt numbed out, um, and I would say I was cycling in and out of periods of depression, um, probably situational depression, but I really couldn't get a grip on what it meant to be happy. I had set up external conditions for happy, being thin, being rich, being happily married, and having a great career. I can't be happy unless I have those four things, and everything has to be shiny and sparkly. And I just felt like I was chasing impossibility. I felt hollow, and um, I was really, I mean, your story about just saying, help me now, that's that's really where I was. And I, I, I do feel that it was um, divine synchronicity that I came across your radio show on Unity FM and was doing a lot of driving throughout the southeast. And really the minute I started listening to you, something resonated deeply. I must have listened to 15 or 20 hours of your radio show programs, your archived programs. And when when I saw that you had Finding Freedom, a spiritual boot camp coming up for enrollment, I thought, you know what, I this is it. Like something just clicked the way you described it. And it has been tremendous. And so what is the actual difference that you're you're feeling? Like you, you just wrote, you know, we have our uh, Finding Freedom Facebook group where we ask for prayers and we share what's going on, our ahas, our insights, our challenges. And um, what, what would you say that you're noticing are tangible, really tangible results that you're having in your life now? Well, yeah, I shared today, and it's so rare for me to share on Facebook, but in the Finding Freedom Facebook group, there's just a sense of, I mean, I never share anything personal on Facebook. I'm an attorney, and so I'm, I have all this paranoid thinking about putting stuff out there, but I shared in the group today that I'm just having these electrifying moments of hope that I'm waking up from a nightmare that my ego created. And, you know, I'm 46, and... When I was 22, I started studying A Course in Miracles. I only studied it for two years before I went into law school. really created just um, a a chaotic lifestyle for myself as a litigator, was never at peace. And and I've been through every single self-help program. I even became a certified life coach in 2012 thinking, well, I'll just go pro with self-improvement, positive development, you know, working on my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. After eight after eight weeks of doing Finding Freedom every single day, I love the Mastery Journal. The tools, I'm using almost every single one of them every day. I, I love being able to turn to the prayers inside and, and to have that accountability. The videos are amazing. Listening to the class audios again and again, and I'm just like a thirsty sponge. And I'm, I, I will say that I'm calmer. I feel a sense of hope that I'm not living in, you know, in the rat race. And my major issue has been self-hatred, self-loathing. I, I kept, kept feeling like, oh, I've really, I've really screwed up my whole life. And there's just 
there is a sense that you are peeling off layers, that you are, like, breaking the chains and becoming free. It's hard to put into words, but I love analogies. And one analogy is that I feel like I'm standing inside of a basket in a hot air balloon, and the balloon is just rising higher and higher, and I'm getting a better and better, more beautiful perspective. And I'm remembering who I really am, and and it's not the ego. So this, I would say that in finding freedom, it's all of the tools and more, and and you just apply them. You're just little by little, day by day. I have that sense of excitement that I. It doesn't feel like drudgery. It feels like I can't wait to see what my daily affirmation is. I can't wait to see what my lesson is. You know. What am I going to do here to free myself? There's just a sense of excitement. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Because I, I think it's really valuable, Christy, for people to hear from someone who's having the experience, real person, and everybody has their own unique experience. So sometimes people take the class and they might listen to everything, watch all the videos before they open the workbook and start to do any of the work. And some people will uh, just go step by step through the workbook. Um, but what I know is if you follow the steps, it really does lead you into experiencing more and more freedom. And uh, I hear you saying that that's been your experience. Yes, absolutely. So I'm so grateful. It, it, I mean, it's one of those things where it it is helping me establish a whole new way of being. Uh, I had to go spend eight days in uh, on a family vacation with um, ten family members in a cabin, and I thought, <laughs> oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to make it through this. So many things came up for healing, and I I had my mastery journal with me the whole time, so it was wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because, you know, when I first did the Finding Freedom class, I called it Family Freedom. That was back in 2008 because I had so much healing in my family. And uh, then I changed the name to fam Finding Freedom because then it just opened it up to more people who had different kinds of issues. And I, I realized, well, it applies to everything. But I think that that's one of the greatest benefits for a lot of people who – take the Finding Freedom class, and even who just do the seven simple steps of interrupting the patterns of fear, is that they can have a different experience with their family. And they they can do the work themselves and realize that, oh, my God, if I change my mind, the world really does change, including my family. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was my experience. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me now and to share uh, with the group. I really appreciate it, Christy. You're so welcome. All right. So, yes, thank you, Christy. And I'm going to share with you some of the details about finding freedom. It's not going to take too much longer. And I'd like to let you know that you can go right to the homepage of jenniferhadley.com at any point and you can click through and see the details there about the class and you can sign up. We are starting uh, next Wednesday and I start next Wednesday with a bonus class. 
So we're starting on um, uh, Wednesday, May 11th, and with the bonus class, and you get all these pieces, which I'm going to outline for you in the Finding Freedom. So you get three months of access to the class where I have more than 50 videos, or approximately 50 videos. I have a 400-page workbook, and we have a wonderful Facebook group, as Christy mentioned. You'll get seven classes from me. They're 90-minute classes, and you can download them and listen to them over and over and over again. You'll get the transcripts of the classes. You will also get uh, guided meditations from me, and you'll get access to my sacred circle, which is my weekly spiritual counseling call. So every week for the entire three months, you'll be able to, just about every week, it's 12 weeks, you'll be able to join me in those calls and ask me any question you like. So just like I was working with the folks here today and doing the counseling live, that's what I do pretty much every week in Sacred Circle. And one of the great things about the Sacred Circle is that if you can't join me live, you can write in a question and I'll I'll do your counseling as if you were right there live. And then you can listen to the recording later. So many people take advantage of that. And some people come and ask a question almost every week. So it's always an opportunity for you to get quite a a bit out of the class. And you get specific things to do. I'm very big on the practical application. So this is not about studying because studying doesn't make anyone whole. It doesn't give them strength and courage. The tools that I give you, people always say, I'm amazed at how the tools work. And what they do is they help you to actually clear out the clutter, the garbage from your mind, and the habitual thoughts of doubt and fear. So these are all tips and tools that have been proven to work by people from all kinds of backgrounds and spiritual study, people who have just started spiritual studies, people who have been studying for decades. They all have success uh, when they apply them. Now, the only caveat I'll give you is some people actually set out to prove to themselves that they can't do it, that it doesn't work for them. And so I actually have a money-back guarantee that if you do the work and it doesn't work for you, I'll give you your money back. Because I, I would like you to feel confident going in, and I am there to help you every week and to support you in really bringing on your breakthrough. I'm interested in supporting people to a permanent, lasting breakthrough. And I'm really willing to do everything I can to support you in doing that. So it's you have 90 days to work the whole curriculum and to be in my sacred circle. Now, Sometimes what happens is at the end of that 90 days, people like reviewing the videos on a regular basis. They like being a part of the sacred circle. And so they can extend the membership for only $22 a month. 
And so uh, that's an option for people because sometimes people really take their time with it. Some people go in and do a seven-week boot camp like Christy was talking about. She's like in it, on it every day. And some people take a long time to do it. It's all good. We all have our different ways. Some people will go in and listen to all the audios and they'll listen to them again and again and they'll study the transcripts and they'll watch the videos and they won't do any of the work. And then they'll start again and then this time they do the work. And those people have been tremendously successful. So I give you the bonus class. We start off with the bonus class where you can ask me any question you like. And as I said, you get the 400-page workbook. You get all the classes and the videos and the money-back guarantee. We have payment plans. And the price of the class is $397, and we'll give you a payment plan. Now, I have several payment plans, and if one of those does not work for you, we'll work out another payment plan because I am interested in supporting you in finding what will be something you can stick to, something you can really do so that you can have the experience of feeling deeply and profoundly empowered. You know, I encounter a lot of people who would like to make a spiritual career, people who would like to be a spiritual counselor or teacher like I am. And so one of the things that uh, I find is a lot of the people that are drawn to do the work with me are struggling to make that career shift. And one of the reasons they're struggling is because they don't have the real commitment to the practice. And the Finding Freedom Boot Camp can really help people get that momentum going. And so with the momentum, it's like you build a heat, you build a fire that burns away the things that are holding you back mentally and emotionally. And it really works. And everybody has different stuff that they're working on in Finding Freedom, but we're basically all working on the patterns of separation. Now, this I offer a lot of free classes, but Finding Freedom is not free. And the reason is is because when I first started out offering the class, I would give it away to people. People would say, oh, you know, I know this class can really help me, and I just can't afford it right now. Would you be willing to give it to me for free? And I would I would give it away. And what I found was the people, basically, the people I would give it to for free would fail. They wouldn't do it. Because people just don't really value things they get for free the same way that they value the things they pay for. And so I found I was literally contributing to people's accumulating negative karma and feeling like a failure and feeling hopeless by giving it to them for free when they needed to actually put have some skin in the game. And then you see people would be like, gosh, I asked her to give it to me for free, and she did, and I still didn't do it. What's wrong with me? And so I realized I just can't contribute to that anymore. But I'm willing to do any kind of a payment plan, and I mean that. We've got, you know, all kinds of payment plans. We'll work something out for you if money is an issue. 
It's about supporting you to make that decision, to be all in for you. That's what I did is I made the decision to be all in for me, for God, for love. That's what changed my life. Now, I still was falling down 50 times a day, 100 times a day, finding myself falling into the old patterns, but I was more and more interrupting the patterns, and I began to build momentum. So it may or may not be the right time for you. If it is, you will know. If it's not the right time for you, just start to really think about, well, when? How much longer are you going to delay really doing this work at the level of the mind? So this class, I've been doing it for many years now, it's really designed to have you work through the curriculum at your own pace, and to be inspired and motivated to keep going. And the opportunity to work with me one-on-one in those sacred circle calls and to get the support that you'd like. Yes, it takes real effort. It's not for someone who just wants to listen to classes or read a book and not do the work. This is not a class for them, although you might really enjoy watching the videos and listen to the classes. I hope you would. But my hope is that you would become inspired and motivated to finally really do the work, to look at your life, to take stock, to make different choices, to roll up your spiritual sleeves and follow the step-by-step that I'm giving you. You know, when I was um, suffering so much, one of the things I really was desperate for is just give me the steps. Give me the steps. And so that's what I've done is I've laid out all the steps so you don't have to figure out what they are. So, you know, I just, I love this class. I love these teachings. I love that we can change our lives. I love that it can be a lot simpler than we ever thought it could be. I'm really grateful that that's so. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it is possible. And I am willing to work right alongside you and support you in having the breakthrough that you desire. So... We start on Wednesday, the 11th, with the bonus class, and that is the day that registration closes. So registration closes the day we start. And the reason why registration closes then is because I'm literally interested in supporting you in making the decision and making the commitment because that is a powerful thing. It changed my life when I made the decision to be all in. It really made a difference for me energetically. It was a healing for me. I had I stopped procrastinating. It didn't mean that I still didn't fall down every day, but now I was committed to getting up every day. And it made a difference in my life. I really appreciate your taking the time to listen. I t- I really appreciate your willingness to interrupt the patterns of fear. If all you do is work these seven simple steps, it will change your life. There's a whole lot more in finding freedom. And you know what? I always trust 
that if it's right for you, you will know. And we have the money-back guarantee if you feel like you, <laughs> you, you would like that. We've got that for you. And, yeah. So uh, there's a lot more about the class, more details about it on my website at jenniferhadley.com. I'm going to say a prayer here, and I invite you to check out the Finding Freedom class. I hope to have you in the class with me starting next week. So we place our hand on our heart here, and we once again declare that we are wholeheartedly available for our healing, wholeheartedly available to know ourselves as perfect love. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to surrender the patterns of fear. We've had enough. Now we're ready to learn through making loving choices. Now we are willing to know what things are truly for. Now we're willing to open our heart and our mind to the highest and best possibilities of love being realized in our life. We're grateful and thankful to choose to be a truly helpful, loving presence in this world. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for lending your energy to this great class. I love you. Mwah.